Episode 22, this is the Punks and Pubs podcast, and I am Liam Bird. Welcome. First of all, I'd like to apologize for my voice. It sounds horrible. Uh, sadly, I have a cold, and I'm pumping myself full of Sudafed. Uh, other drugs are available. Uh, anyway, so let's rip through this so you don't have to listen to my mucousy voice for about the next five minutes as I rant about the world. Let's talk about the podcast. So what have you downloaded this week? Well, this week I give you Ren and Liapa of Petrol Girls. Don't worry if you've not heard about the Petrol Girls. Um, I hadn't heard about them until early this year. I was introduced to this band by a friend of mine who uh, invited me to go and watch the band with her. Once I watched them live, I completely understand what the buzz going on around them. Uh, they grabbed my attention and didn't let go. Uh, so if they are playing now, you definitely check them out. Uh, they just recently signed to Hassle Records, one of my favourite record labels. Uh, I caught up with them at this year's Rebellion Festival. Actually, a quick shout out to Rebellion Festival. Um, those guys hooked us up. They gave us um, as much access as we want to any of the artists that we could approach. They were fantastic. And if you ever want to go to Rebellion Festival, Rebellion Festival 2019 obviously is coming you should definitely definitely go set in blackpool and at the moment if you go to rebellionfestival.com you can get early bird tickets and they're going for around about 150 pounds that's four days of music for 150 quid it's a bargain so definitely go check that out so what can you expect from our chat? You will hear stories of the formation of the band and their legendary home gigs in the early days. Uh, you will hear tales of near-death experiences up mountains. And we discuss about the lack of females at festivals and how women can actively get more involved in punk and music. Uh, the band has been billed as a feminist punk band and also as a right girls band. I think that label's quite shit. Uh, to me, they're just a punk band who happen to talk about the feminist movement. Um, we do talk about the feminist uh, movement in this podcast and also how men and women can actively get involved. Uh, in truth, I was going to save this interview for later in the year, but with what's going on now with the Brett Kavanaugh saga in America, I thought this episode would be timely, as you will hear towards the end of the podcast. Ren herself has been the subject of sexual assault and has spoken quite publicly about it. We don't talk about that directly because I know she's spoken about it a lot and I don't think it's my place to continuously bring up a horrendous experience that she suffered but we do talk about how men can take responsibility for their actions anyway i'm gonna shut up and uh let you enjoy it oh shit 
Shit. Um, actually, fuck. I nearly forgot about you guys. The listener, stick around until the end of the podcast because, as always, you play out the show. This week's band hail from Reading in the UK and they are called Headsparks and their track Red and Blues will play out the show. So stick around for that. Anyway, people, I give you episode 22 with Ren and Liapa. I will catch back up with you after this interview. Enjoy. Exactly. Where am I? Where's my Jaeger bomb? <laughs> Give me my fucking drink. So uh, in front of me, I've got Ren and the upper, as I just stupidly tried to pronounce her name and explain I was dyslexic. So hopefully that's okay. And we're backstage at Rebellion Festival in a bar, in a backstage bar. How do you find these environments? Do you find it okay? Do you like chilling out backstage or do you rather be in your van? Um, well, this specific one, I think, is really funny. It's like time traveling. Isn't it right? <laughs> Everybody's like a poster child from a punk rock show, like, announcement, <laughs> like, DIY. It's, it's very cool, though. Uh, it's definitely not like our regular punk shows. I think everybody's more reserved at other punk shows. <laughs> it's all out here. Yeah, it literally is. There must be a record for the most mohawks in, like, one, like, square meter. How do you find it, though, like, as, as a band who speak quite in the belief of like a modern system of, of equality for all whereby some of these guys probably don't believe that at all they're probably still thinking in the old fashioned mind frame have you had a, like a chat with anyone any of them yet like if you got up to them going hey what's your beliefs on the uh, female equality uh, no I think I'd find that too depressing to go for that kind of approach but last year we made a point and we'll probably make a point again this year about like I mean the festival's called Rebellion and like for me like a core of punk is that it's meant to be anti-authority um, and I think when punk starts to like replicate various forms of authority like sexism and homophobia or like when you have people like John Lydon talking in support of Nigel Farage and Donald Trump who are like advocating for authoritarian politics I think it's a fucking joke um, and like just really funny and like I think I want to say something tonight when we play about like what it actually means to be punk and what it actually means to be anti-authority because I feel like as this is like a definitive kind of punk festival that's the kind of context to start talking about that. Yeah but um, also uh, yeah no we did have a discussion about playing like spaces where it's not necessarily all the bands that we agree with it's maybe not the formats that we agree with but I think it's important because there are a lot of people who who will be supported by our message yeah. and Maybe some people who will even like the music and then will check us out and will have to, you know, kind of accept the lyrics as well if they like the music. So I'd just like to say, yeah, my, my friend TJ just bought drinks and uh, we got a cider uh, and a Jägerbomb. 
Is that, is that, is that your normal go-to drink? Like, do you like to sip it like a short, like a whiskey, or is yeah, it I'm you just need it to get through? No, actually, I've just had very little sleep, and I really want to get going with this whole <laughs> festival ASAP tonight. I think it's very non-representative because I'm actually a very non-drinker usually, but sometimes I'm like, where's my Jagerbomb? <laughs> I got a Nikki Brown. Because the other options were cider, which I frankly drank way too much of as a teenager growing up around the Bristol area, and Fosters, which, nah. But Nuki Brown, Nuki Brown's quality, it went through like a phase of being really trendy, and then it's now gone back to just being garbage. No, this is good. I like. I don't normally get like um, darker beers because honestly, they make me fart like just appallingly. <laughs> so lifting my duvet tomorrow morning will be entertaining. But um, <laughs> I'm enjoying it. Are you, also, sh- are you sharing a bus? Because I feel sorry for the rest <laughs> oh, of the people. Oh, I wish we had a bus. No, we've got like we've got a borrowed friend's van and like another mate's van. You guys are kind of known for having like your albums are quite political and kind of, and, and you speak about issues that are important and need to be spoken about, but. I thought we'll start the podcast by being a bit light and a bit cheery. And we'll talk about stuff about, like, what, what do you do when you're relaxing? When you're not playing music, when you're not being an artist, when you're not being an activist? Like, what do you do? I climb mountains. <laughs> That's like what actual, I like to actual do. actual mountains? Yeah, like Scottish mountains. And, like, I mean, my partner's dragged me up a couple in Austria, which are, like, I mean, they're fucking big. But, yeah, like, I'm, I've just moved to Glasgow. Well, I moved to Glasgow in September, and the countryside around there is amazing. So literally every weekend I go out with my flatmates and we'll go hill walking. Nice. Like, yeah. Yeah, I, I do major gardening. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> with your tomatoes. <laughs> every time everybody, the band comes around, I'm just like, take these tomatoes. I have way too many. Oh, I've got some courgettes too. She's like a granny. It's so funny. Yeah, no, but I really enjoy gardening and growing plants. I think it's very relaxing. Uh, it really roots me in time because good sometimes, pun. like the lifestyle Sorry. of you said, a... you said roots me in time. It was a good pun. Did oh I just... yeah. yeah. Oh, <laughs> accidental pun. Thank nice. you. Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> no, it, it just uh, the growth of plants. Don't want to get too deep because it's a lighthearted. Again, uh, another yet. pun. You did it again. You did it again. <laughs> no. Uh, okay. So yeah, no plants. Just the way they grow, it really like sets the time to a sort of like framework when we're touring and we're away for long periods of time or I'm at home at random days like to see the plants how they grow it really is like it's kind of like a slow clock that you can have and also the care for them brings a lot of tasty tasty results good treats so, tasty yeah, treats. Good treats climbing mountains are you like Kindle cake in the pocket? Oh, of the... Oat cakes. Oat cakes, okay. Actually like um, my flatmates are like oat cake fanatics so we'll like Proper like flask of tea, oat cakes, raincoat on, punk as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Have you had any like hairy experiences up in the mountain? Because the weather can change quite quickly. Yeah, I mean, like, I mean, it's been beautiful recently. It, it's to be been fair. too much. It's been too much. Um, it's been like... outrageous. No, like, I, I like personally haven't had any particularly hairy experiences. I mean, you speak about yours. Then. We we can speak because I've got one as well. So you go for yours, and I'll tell you. So mine. Uh, my aunt lives in Norway, and I sometimes go visit her. And once we, in it was like in June, so we got lost in the mountains, and the sun just never goes down where she lives. So we were wandering until 8 a.m. until we ended up, like for eight hours, until we ended up in like the neighboring town. 
where she knew a person where we sneaked into that person's kitchen and slept under the that person's table. But if you knew them, why did you sneak in? Well, we didn't want to wake that person up, and they so we polite. got proper so freaked up because they walked into the kitchen in the morning to get some tea, and we're just like <laughs> on the floor sleeping. Like <laughs> we're like sorry, we just got lost in the mountains. And I think the only things we had like a bottle of water and like a, a tin of dried nuts that we rationed throughout the hours. It ended up alright. There's like people around but yeah. you're here so <laughs> yeah, yeah, everything's yeah. fine <laughs> he made it well I nearly died on Mount Fuji that's that's my mountain oh, story that's a big one. Um, I, I me and my friend climbed up it was like two weeks outside of the season when you should climb yeah. got to the top um, so Mount Fuji is quite easy to climb it's not it's not like a fucking Mount Everest or anything yeah, yeah, like that yeah. but coming down my mate read on like a trip advisor or something that you can sprint down it oh dear it's not. You can't do that. It was covered in snow. Oh, God. That's so, so dangerous. So I was like, do you know what would be easier? If we just slide down on our bottoms. Uh, someone's coming behind us with something really noisy, so ignore that. Um, so as we were... Sound effects. Sound effects, right? Going down God, the mountain. I love it. That's, that's, that's literally my <laughs> that's arse it. flying yeah. down the mountain. So we were going down the mountain, picked up too much speed, and then I couldn't stop myself. There was a drop. There was like a 50-foot oh drop that I didn't know about. But there was like a little chain railing, and I'm, when I talk about chain, I mean like literally like two meters off the ground. It wasn't huge, and I grabbed onto that. My whole body fell off like the cliff edge, oh and my then God. came back on, what and I just started well laughing. Railing. Right? Yeah. Go Japanese yeah. engineering, oh and I just started giggling uncontrollably. You know when you have like that kind yeah, of yeah, yeah. thing? I just, alive. Yeah, like what the fuck? God. And my friend was freaking out. I, he thought I was dead because all he saw yeah, was yeah, like yeah. my head just go. Shit. And um, yeah, that's my nearly died on a okay, uh, yeah, Japanese. No, we can't I really mean, top that. Uh, I don't well, I mean, I guess like not to top it, but to like put that in perspective, you legit did nearly die because like that's how like my friend's dad died. Um, no, my dad's friend died in the winter, like in the Scottish mountains. Oh, really? Like that? Yeah. Like it just like he just slipped on a snowy slope oh, and he went down. and He went over a ledge and that was it. Like. He went into he was still alive and they got him to hospital so they did amazingly well to like get him off the mountain but but he died so it's like I don't know like the mountains are amazing but like there is respect it yeah like, you literally do. You yeah really respect have to respect it. the mountains yeah. like big time so yeah I'm being um, packed off on a on a like snow training course <laughs> I think before next winter following that Definitely. incident which is pretty understandable and I'm down so yeah. So let's talk a little bit about music now we've just spoken about the death, the death of mountains. <laughs> Sorry. Um, it was meant to be joyous. It was meant to be fun. I mean, Sorry. Lighthearted. Exactly. Lighthearted <laughs> So let's talk about music. Who, who introduced you guys to music? Is it your family? Was it your friends? Are you musically, like, come from a musical background? Was it always around you? Oh, I introduced ourselves to music. <laughs> no, really. <laughs> Well, I don't know. It's like, I can't remember. I guess I was too young. But, but I, mean, I mean, music is all around us. It is. I know some people whose family just, yeah. like, they'll put on the odd record at Christmas. And yeah, then that's it. I guess in that way, my mus- my family wasn't really musical except my aunt. So she uh, used to work as a choreographer for these kind of, um, like, how do you call it? Like, dances for, like, uh, like Broadway? Oh, Broadway. Yeah, yeah. And uh, on cruise ships and stuff. Uh, she used to go like all across the world and on cruise ships and obviously um, she used to bring back a lot of foreign music because we were just out of the Soviet Union 
So we had um, a CD player and DVD player, which was like super cool. And she used to bring back Michael Jackson, Janet Jackson CDs, Madonna, all the like the classic pop of the pops. And I was just obsessed with all that stuff. But then I think I heard Linkin Park on the radio, and I was like, I'm, I'm done, I'm done. <laughs> and that was it, here you go. Yeah, yeah, I know, go. It was, that, it was that rap, you're like, I'm down, yeah, yeah. I love oh that. Oh my god, I was like, was I the love new, the fusion! It was the new metal. <laughs> <laughs> it was the new metal that got your heart. Yeah. What about you, Ren? I grew up on ABBA, basically, not going to lie. I think that's the only band that draws all three generations of my family together, is ABBA. That's like what can be agreed on in the car. But yeah, I think it was just my mates really was as I was growing up like I became friends with a bunch of people that were into punk they all kind of like moved on to like drum and bass and I just stayed on punk <laughs> like that just that never happened for me I was the one that stayed adamantly on punk rock um and I do, mean, do your friends come and watch you and like if you try to drag them back into like the world of punk I, I got a new friendship group. I found the other punks. <laughs> that was it, music's done. I left. Like, I'm from a really small town, um, and I left when I was about 18. Where are you from? Like a tiny little place just outside Bristol. Okay. Kind of near Stroud. But it's like, yeah, proper arse end of nowhere. And then I moved to London when I was like 18 or 19. Um, and that was amazing, going from not being able to get to any shows, like having to like blag and hustle to get into Bristol to go to gigs all the time. And then... Yeah, moving to London and being able to go to whatever shows I wanted mm. was awesome. And then, yeah, in my sec- like, I went there for uni, and in my second year, we all moved into this, um, like, just mad house where there were, like, eight bedrooms, but always about 11 of us living there. Yeah, like, I begged myself into the Leopold moved in after a while, and we used to run <laughs> gigs in the kitchen and stuff like that. So, like, that's how we got going as a band, was from, like, living in that mad house, running gigs... If you search Asbury Castle on YouTube, there's like quite a lot of videos of the gigs there. Um, it's our first show still. Our first, on our first show is on YouTube. If you search Pedro Girls Asbury Castle and you see one where I'm holding an acoustic guitar, that was our first ever gig, um, and we played two songs at an International Women's Day gig that I was running. You'd um, be shocked, really, but we I were think bad. I'm proud. <laughs> no, 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 but I'm really proud of it because it shows yeah, me that too. Um, you can really just. Yeah, maybe we can't play literally everything we want to play at all times, but it really shows you that you can teach yourself, and it's really not too late, even if you're like in your 20s and stuff, to start. Which I think there's someone in their 30s now crying oh, like, no, oh, even in their 30s. that's too late. Give up. Give up. <laughs> no, I'm joking. I'm really no, really no, joking. and I'm even now to this day starting new hobbies, and I, I think like the DIY kind of attitude. Um, I think. Um, what, what attracted me the most was not necessarily the music. I like the music, but I also equally like other genres. It's like punk is not like the music for me. Yeah. But what punk is the most for me is like the attitude where you can do things yourself. You don't have this limitation where you, in order to be in a band, you first have to like be a la- find a label, do it for a label. If you want to put on a band, you have to like have a venue, blah, blah, blah. It's like... There's like circles of people that make things happen through just kind of like shared work and, and community. And there are not, not these limitations that if you're not good to begin with, you can't do it at all. When I joined the house and I started going to house shows and just seeing people like learning from each other and really like progressing, I was like, oh shit, yeah, like if I really want to do it, it's really not a problem to just do it. And it's okay if you don't become like the best. 
if you can enjoy yourself and some other people enjoy your music, then yeah, it's also cool. I'll give you motherfuckers restless. I'll keep you up all fucking that you use putting on shows at your house. Was your student house, like, bills all included? The electricity bill? Would be no, quite we high. paid bills, but I think there were just, like, a lot of us. So it, like, kind of panned out. Yeah. And I think, I mean, God, it was... Having kind of, like, learned a little bit more about health and safety since, like... Yeah. Like, we, I mean, we were running all of them things off of, like, one, like... One, like, one combo plug thing. Also, <laughs> really at bad. some point, um, the, the, the kitchen where we had the shows in there were also rooms uh, of our housemates oh, beneath shit. the kitchen so the the floor started caving in so instead of like stopping to do the shows we would like legit call this construction company and rent these like support beams that we would put in our housemates rooms underneath it was so funny but it legit got to the point where i'd call up juicens and they'd be like Oh hi, Renny. Having another party? <laughs> and I'd be like, Yeah, can we get more floor supports, please? So you literally rock so hard, you brought down your house. Yeah, the landlord had to rebuild the ceiling. I hope he's not listening. Sorry. <laughs> I don't think he ever really found out what was going on though, because he came round once and he like was like, No, maybe it wasn't him. It might have been the electrician, but one of them was asking why there were footprints on the ceiling, which was obviously from people crowd surfing. And I think one of us was just like, There was a spider, and we threw a or something just really rubbish <laughs> and there's funny. like posters on the walls in the kitchen of like Asbury Castle house shows like, <laughs> we used to try and take them down when we knew he was coming over like you've already spoken about that punk wasn't your first love but can you remember like your first punk show that you went and saw and, and went what the fuck is this like, like because some of the punk shows something I like to talk about a lot is seeing your first like mosh pit or seeing your first show, and usually when you go to those shows, like quite big, boldy guys. Like for me, I'm quite a slender guy going in. It's quite intimidating. So anyone who's involved in this scene, I'm always interested to know what was it like. Do you, are you like? Do you get involved, or are you kind of like I stand back and watch this? Well, I had like two phases of moshing. Where one was back in Lithuania, where I was part of the very like dub and reggae infused ska punk. It's kind of very like smooth, not not like too energetic ska punk scene, where the mosh pits were like the absolute delight because you could just close your eyes and just be like floating around. Everybody was supporting you. No one was really like pushing or punching or like kicking. Yeah. And that's how I like just imagine what a mosh pit is. And when I I think went to one of the bigger shows in UK. Um, like really really punk shows I can't remember what it was exactly and then I saw like the hardcore mosh pits like I went to the front and I wanted to like mosh um, and I was just like nope <laughs> I think I'm gonna die I think I'm gonna die um, and also I I'm here to like 
look at the show, enjoy the music, and relax. I don't know, not relax necessarily, but kind of. I don't want to labor in the mosh pit in order to not get fucked up. I would. I do want to like express myself in a physical way, but I want other people to be like aware around me yeah. and around their surroundings. Yeah. And because I've seen this work really well in those like reggae dub ska mosh pits, because everyone was high, I guess. <laughs> but yeah, I guess it helps. I was really like surprised how people were just like really doing their own thing and really not watching what is going on around them and uh, just like I got hurt a couple of times and then I just stopped watching entirely from then on like yeah sad do you, do you enjoy watching it now though from the stage like when people go ape shit do, like, do you quite get no, off on that no I think it's really dumb because why do you have to march, march at the front of stage if you're not even watching the band might as well just do it at the back and not yeah. kick the people like small people or I don't know people who would really benefit from being at the front and watching intense you know people who really want to pay attention mm-hmm. why do they have to stand all the way at the back whilst some drunk guys usually guys can be whoever but usually guys are just like not even paying attention why do you have to be at the front you know like yeah, I think it's like you can have a mad time without hurting the people around you like that's the thing like it can get pretty wild without anyone getting hurt um, and like especially with us it's like we've got songs we've got a few songs that are like explicitly against sexual violence which overwhelmingly is done by men against women and so there's been a few times where I've had to stop the set because we're playing a song that's about like gender based violence and then there's a load of men at the front like throwing themselves around and hitting and pushing like all the women to the sides and it's like did you listen to what I just said like do you understand how like wildly ironic this is like what are you doing but but equally like I also find it a bit weird when everyone just stands totally still it's like do you can you not dance without hurting each other? Like, <laughs> it's like that or that. It's, it's, not that. it's not that hard, is it? Like, yeah, since my like ska punk days, I've never. I rarely see that like healthy in between. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of sad, actually. I mean, I, I do like the you know mushing. Yeah, I kind of I I love it when I don't get hurt. Like, and I think when I was younger, I would I would be that. I would be that solitary girl in the middle trying to, like, hold it together. But, like, I don't know if you can see how wonky my nose is. You're talking about wonky noses. Come on, look at my nose. But, like, this is from getting kicked in the face in a mosh pit. And, like, literally, my nose was, like, halfway across my cheek. Wow. And I was, like, 14. And I remember having to, like, go to the toilets and literally, like, crack my nose back across my face because I got pushed over in a mosh pit and kicked in the face you know I kept trying to hold my own in mosh pits I remember seeing Rage Against the Machine at Reading and Leeds and being right at the front being in a bit of a crush and being like right I'll move back and then going into like eight intersecting mosh pits and being like I'm gonna die like um, so I think I don't know it would just be cool if big blokes could be I've also I've got like a hot like a kind of a dip in my thigh where like this massive dude who's actually a mate of mine but just was not being aware of how big and strong he was and he shoved me in a mosh pit and I just went smack into an amp and I thought I'd broken my fucking leg when there's like smaller people around you you just gotta be aware that like we might die like <laughs> this is kind of be respectful yeah more. try not to hurt each other man well I saw that you guys tweeted about an incident that happened I don't know like a couple of weeks ago where you asked like women and non-binary people to come to the front and I suppose you got a lot of shit from like guys going why the fuck like, why do we have to push back? Oh, that's happened a few times. Like, that happens quite a lot. And it just says a lot about male entitlement. We're a feminist band. Like, we talk about feminist issues. 
we want women and non-binary and trans and queer people to be able to come to the front and like take up the space that's meant for them before anybody else and it's like when you know fair enough maybe we've got to say that to make it clear but then when guys can't respect that and they get all like fragile about it it's just pathetic for a genre that's so anti-authoritarian so many of these kind of characters immediately go it's like but that's how you listen to punk rock that's like the mosh pit is like the integral part and you're like there are no rules if also we are on stage and if we feel like it's getting a bit much we will say it and we maybe rearrange the crowd if we see that some people are suffering torment to the back yeah like why 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 are you just cr- making this rule in this punk show saying that this is the way it is mm. I, that's so just hypocritical and ironic <laughs> so what came first then for you guys was it political politics or was it punk For me, it's punk then politics, and for you, it's politics then punk, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. you've got one, you've got both, yeah, both so did, representations. Did you meet each other at like the crossroads? Is that where <laughs> we met in first or second year at yeah. uni, right? Yeah. For guitar, for our guitarist Joe, actually. Yeah, through. Yeah. Sorry, you oh, spoke. Sorry. I, you can hear. Uh, we met through our guitarist Joe. Yeah. Yeah, because me and Joe are from the same town. We both moved to London. Leopold moved to London. We were all at the same uni. But, like, the time that we were at uni was sort of 2010. Oh, I think all of the songs from our first EP are, are about kind of that political moment when the anti-austerity movement and the student riots were, like, really kicking off. And, like, um, like I got arrested at Millbank when the Tory headquarters got stormed, not because I was doing anything particularly impressive. Like, I literally went round the back and got a lift up to the roof and was not dumb enough, um, was too dumb to, like, run away fast enough. But, like, that whole experience, I think, took me from having kind of quite, you know, reasonably left, probably, like, slightly fluffy liberal views to being, like, burn the state. <laughs> like, I think that was what really kind of did it for me because watching the media coverage of that afterwards condemning us all as violent and this, that and the other, when, like, people's lives are being ruined by the policies that were being introduced, it just, that whole conversation about violence... I think is something that just really, really chimes with me. And I remember getting um, this anarchist flyer that was being circulated and it was like all of the different ways that you experience violence um, under capitalism. Um, and then they only, talk, they only start talking about violence when we start fighting back. And I was like, yeah, like that literally is it. Um, and I think that for me was like a really big, a really, really big wake up call. Yeah good times <laughs> I mean, so light hearted this, uh, I know right yeah. I'm, try- I'm, trying to, I'm trying to bring it back <laughs> sorry <laughs> you know it's a, shit's bad at the moment like, it is hard yeah. isn't it it's, it's fucking, really bad <laughs> I, I was speaking to um, one of the guys from Lawrence Arms yesterday and we were talking about like next year and just off the cuff I was like how optimistic of me thinking about there might actually be a next year yeah like the uh, world's gonna just, still be here it's just like, so fucking shit But yeah, people listen to this for entertainment, so let's keep it cheery. Uh, <laughs> after you guys played your first show in your house, what made you want to carry on the band? Like, you even said, like, we weren't that great, but you were still like, let's fucking carry on doing this. This could be fun. Like, what was it? What, what made you think, we can, we can have fun with this? I just needed to shout. Like, I really, really needed to shout. Like, I'd, I'd been touring acoustically for a long time. Like, I actually met a lot of people here with Joe, our guitarist, back in... Um, 
God, like nine years ago, I worked out. Me and Joe came here as like a 17-year-old and 18-year-old. We played the acoustic stage, like, and it like we met loads of people, um, including Mike Scott um, from who was in Phineas Gage, and like he took me on tour as a backing vocalist. So I'd already done all this touring acoustically, been in a band called Feralers with Perky and Katie Rain. And then, but I just, I didn't want to sing nicely. Like, yeah. I didn't want to sing in tune. I wanted to shout because I was, I was really angry. I was angry politically, but I was also really angry because I lived in a house, like, initially where it was me and my friend Martha and then six guys. And, like, they're great guys. They're my mates and all that kind of stuff. But this, it was such a macho environment. Like, all, lo- like, loads of the house shows to start with were all men until I'd get up on the fridge and play, like, rubbish acoustic songs to be like, I'm not having old men in my kitchen. Um, I I just needed to take up space and try to start to, like, change how, like, just disappointingly macho that scene was. And I also realised, like, that once you've got a microphone, people listen to you. And, like, I was sick to shit of being told that I was just, like, a stupid, naive little girl when I know that I'm not. (laughs) And I wanted the platform to be able to shout and scream about my politics. So... Frankly, I needed to continue. And what about for you? Was it, <laughs> you were just supporting. I like, just I'll go like along with to this. rock. Yeah. No. <laughs> no, right? Oh my god, can we use that as a sample on the new record? <laughs> I think I just always had um, very musical, kind of small, kind of like explorations into music, and it was I would always like hit a wall. It was always like kind of a situation where like, oh yeah, you've got a nice voice, yeah, you can play guitar, but I was never like invited to any projects or really like joining something. And I think Ren, when she was just like, yeah, yeah, if you can play and you can sing, let's just like make a band. And I was like mind blown. I was like, what? I can just like make a band and we just like do it. <laughs> and then after the first show where, I mean, we were like really different and I guess bad, but for what we were, we weren't fail at all I think we we really succeeded just because we just went on stage and performed even though we weren't like perfect yeah yeah and then Joe asked to Joe asked to join the band like he was like the musical yeah, one out Joe, of us Joe's like a music snob and he asked to join our band so yeah. we can't have been that bad but like I think Leopold's like an ex- like just an exemplary example of like someone that had never played bass before picked up a bass and gave it a shot and now she's like a mad techie like I don't understand what's going on in band practice. They're all shouting numbers at each other. I haven't got a clue. A lot of people are creative in various degrees, but somehow we are giving this threshold of when you are a musician, when you're not, or when you're an artist and when you're not. And sometimes, like, being an in-between this stage, you don't feel like you can make the step and call yourself or make steps towards, like, doing it more seriously because you don't see yourself as the musician or the artist. And I think it's really shitty because I think all people are creative and on various degrees, but they never feel like they can, you know, just start a band.
You just got another oh Jaeger. You're getting me drunk. So my rock. friend, my friend TJ just just bought his drinks. Didn't get you one, Ren. <laughs> I, I don't need any more. I don't need any more. Like okay. really, oh. Oh, I'm such a lightweight. It's unbelievable. Um. So anyway, we, we went off on about. Not really. Like anyone who's listening, like. Please don't ever label yourself a non-musician, non-artist, or like, oh no, it's just like a side thing that I do. Anything you do is important if you enjoy it, even if you are not the best at it. And if you want to make bands, there will be people who will make bands with you. It will be harder to find them. Go to, uh, if you live in London, go to check out First Timers um, and DIY Space for London because there's actually an amazing initiative there run by some like really really incredible people where they encourage like people who that have never played a ba- in a band before to like form bands specifically yeah. for this um, gig that happens once a year where everyone plays their first show all together and it's like super supportive and like there's loads of different workshops I just did one on voice um, and like yeah it's, it's super cool so I really encourage you to check out that I think there's one in Australia now because Bryony the like amazing woman that has started that and like a billion other things something like girls rock camp as well yeah i guess it's got limitations to who can join but i think yeah there's a lot of if you dig around nowadays i think there's a lot of initiatives to really like pull up the people who didn't have a chance to partake in this kind of like cool like uh, you know like jamming with my friends lifestyle or but i think that's important like girls rock and stuff like that because uh, I was speaking to James from 2000 Trees and the discussion we had was about the lack of females who are headlining or who are on the bill. Oh, that got bad again this year, right? Did, didn't it? it got nasty. Like, it was, like, it was good. Like, the, the representation the year before mm. was, like, pretty good, but then it seems to have just, like, tipped right back again. But that's why I spoke to James about it and he was like, what can I do? If there's not enough female-fronted bands, but then there what are? can I do? His argument was, I don't want to put on the same ones each year. Yeah, I want yeah, to rotate yeah, but there's, them. There's loads more. That's the thing. Like, there's all these databases and stuff out there. And, like, people are collecting that information. Like, okay. I just no longer think that... I don't it's think there's an, ex- an, ex- an excuse anymore. I don't think there's an excuse if anymore. If they don't know the bands, they should reach out to people who are more connected maybe with those other scenes because we are all limited by... We're all limited by our, like group of people that we interact with yeah and if if you don't find those kind of bands in your circles doesn't mean that they don't exist also yeah also like in terms of getting like more people of color onto like punk and rock lineups you've got things like decolonize fest and afropunk and like all of this stuff happening where like you know you just look for you can look for those festivals and then you can pick and choose the bands from those those like it it exists and it's out there and like like, there's no reason for it not to be loud women fest has been running for many years now as well there's stuff to pick up from there I, i think i mean yeah, maybe it's a bit harder and you have to kind of go out of your regular zones where you like fish for bands, but they really do exist. And it's like it's like a circular effect. Like you need to see people that look like you on stage to really start to believe that you can do it. Like I needed to see people like um, like Marcia from The Skints, Layla from Sonic Boom 6, Reb from Dirty Revolution. Like, they, it was really important for me to see those three women on stage when I, like, started going to shows, like, down at the Croft in Bristol. It was only when I saw them playing that I even crossed my mind that I could do anything like that. Like, you need to see, you need to see yourself. It's important. I'm not a victim! I survived! Everything! 
signed to Hassle Records. Yes. Which is a label that yes. has had some fucking amazing Hell bands yes. on there. And oh. has and has some on it. Like yeah. Brutus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Pagan. Like Pagan. I love them. Oh my god. Oh, Pagan. Pagan. Yeah, they we just released Pagan. their new record and I was literally listening to it like yesterday and I was just like, ah <laughs> Let's talk. But what's it like though, like signing to a label like that? I mean, what's that process of being headhunted by labels well, or we labels? Got a coffee. <laughs> and, and you don't pay for the coffee, which is like amazing. <laughs> yeah, it's cool. It's really like, yeah, it's nice to have that recognition. It's nice to have that support, and you know, to have people that like clearly believe in what you're doing enough to like stick a bit of money behind it to enable us to do like record our next record and things like that like I think you know anytime you sign to a label like we wouldn't be able to do it otherwise like you know we can barely support ourselves to keep going as it is so there's no way in hell we'd be able to be making music without a record label so it's yeah it's really it's a really cool feeling with Hassel where you know we're kind of just like oh is it like maybe possible and they're like oh yeah yeah that sounds great and and we we still need to think about really like the next couple of years I guess because I think the scope of what we can do has changed we're going to talk about politics so uh, strap on your boots so as a band you're all going to have different political beliefs like no matter what there's going to be times where someone might say something you go like I don't agree with that (laughs) you're writing a song you bring it forward let's say Ren writes a song okay you bring it forward and then you bring it and the guys are like we don't agree with this Mm. but it means so much to you Mm. how do you come to a conclusion that that's going to happen okay so I think what happens most often is Joe goes no these lyrics are super lame is that how (laughs) Joe shows (laughs) sorry Joe (laughs) no I think like to be honest we've been really lucky so far in that we do generally tend to we do tend to agree on, on most things I think lyrically, like, um, yeah, lyrically it's not been an issue. And I think it's something that I would really struggle with if it did happen. Um, we've had stuff where, like, Lip has gone, no, and you could do it better. And I've had a strop and then been like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> um, so that I, I really value that there are, I mean, I write most of the lyrics. So most of that side of things is coming from me. But, like, I definitely really value that these guys, you know, they will tell me if they disagree. And, you know, with other things, oh, like I can't think of an example right now, but there's obviously a lot more to being in a band than just writing the music. Like, things like, you know, how do we handle our, like, social media stuff, all of that kind of thing. And these guys will tell me if they disagree. And sometimes it's really annoying and really infuriating, but ultimately it is for the best. You know, I think if you're a front person, you have the danger of just becoming, like, just a massive walking ego and like I think I'm really lucky to have bandmates that aren't going to allow that does part of you want to be that though? I think left unchecked it's very possible (laughs) (laughs) no I I think really jokes aside we really do did luck out because I think all of us are quite specific personalities (laughs) but I don't know how we managed to not really get into massive conflicts we really t- try and talk it through. Uh, it's hard for some of us. I guess for all of us sometimes. We Recently especially, we are trying to make a point to not only discuss practical issues like what merch are we ordering and stuff, but also to talk about interpersonal relationships in the band because I think that's also work. 
and it needs there's to be done. There's a lot of emotional work. There's so much emotional work involved in being in a band, and I think because it's, we're a feminist band, like we're aware of that kind of like those kind of things that like we're aware of the idea of emotional labor we're aware of like you know gender privileges and, and things like that so like i mean we've started to do emo servo now which is like if we're having any difficulties we'll pull over at a service station and we'll sit down and we'll talk about it and we'll give each person a minute to like talk about what they think how they feel Are they holding it's, a pillow it's, it's based time. on that you know that australian thing where it's like i'm going on smoko yeah, yeah, yeah it's just an extension of that like emo servo um but like i i do think that part of being being, being in a feminist band is recognising that the personal is political and that we all experience things like really differently and that we we yeah we, we are trying I'm not saying we're great at it all the time but we are trying to make time and space to do that like I think a lot of bands I've toured with a few other bands like Merchin or like you know doing various things and a lot of bands especially like all guy bands they run on a kind of like toxic masculinity and like you know kind of like a light form of bullying and like that's just not that's not how we want to operate. And that's not sustainable long term. I think if you express all of your dissatisfaction through such light level harassment of the other band members, like how far will it get you? Like Leopold was saying, we've got really different personalities. Like me and Leopold are literally like the moon and the sun. We are completely opposite human beings. And I think that that works. That's why we've been able to tour together and be in a band together there's not room for another person that's as emotional as I am in that band like I think there's also just that thing of like personalities fit and yeah. it works we're chasing up to an hour and I was going to cut this question but I don't want to because I feel it is important there's going to be some guys listening to this who may not feel that they can be part of a feminist movement because they're men what would your advice be to them they may enjoy porn like that's what that's something that gets thrown at a lot of men like you can't be feminist because you enjoy porn because it's objectifying women like what would you what would you say to these people and go these men and go well, you can be a feminist you can you can help us you can contribute you can do something i don't know i guess you can't a hundred percent escape um uh like questionable content questionable media we all have our uh, you know imperfect uh favorite things none of us exist outside of the patriarchy like yeah. like we were all we're all hypocrites and i think that's some i think this whole like hypocrisy thing is like a big like anxiety that a lot of people have and i think it's good to recognize that like you don't have to sign up to like a political thing and like you're never gonna betray it i think it's better to think of it as something you that you like aim towards and things like that and you know there's like feminist porn out there that's like more respectful towards women that like you know has been shot by women that's like you know much more consensual and like to their choice it's not like that porn itself is bad like there's just different types of it maybe you have to be willing to pay for it because that's literally the anti-exploitation aspect of it is like as an example yeah you have to just pay for feminist porn because it actually pays its actors and respects their their work uh, i guess you have to make certain concessions and compromises with how you know comfort of life especially with your own behavior maybe you can't have all of the things that you want and maybe you have to give up but I don't think yeah. it is just about giving up like I think men have so much to gain from feminism yeah, like I true. think you know patriarchy like it hurts men as well I think the like the reason that male suicide rates are so high like a lot of that is to do with patriarchal expectations of men in their gender like you know I think feminism can help teach men how to talk about their feelings just really basic things like that I think 
it's not all about women in that way. Like, it's more about looking at the way, the, like, ridiculous way that we're socialized into two binary gender categories with really rigid ideas of what it means to be that gender and being like, well, no one really is totally one or the other. Like, it's just so much more complicated than that. And I think, like, working working your way outside of those things is like hugely liberating and I think all of the like trans activism that's going on at the moment that's like really breaking down our ideas about what gender is or means is so important like and it's it's beneficial to everybody it's really changing like how how all of that stuff works so hopefully in the future it won't be like you know the all these toxic ideas like oh yeah boys will be boys like little girls should be seen or not heard like man all up. yeah like man yeah man up that is one of the most detrimental things that guys have to put up with no you shouldn't have to man up if something's hurting you then that's legitimate let's talk about it i, I think there's so much for men to gain from feminism and I think like one thing I would say is you have to be aware that like people are angry like and a lot of women are angry and a lot of women have been really really hurt by patriarchy and they might have experienced a lot of sexual violence you know in the same way that like a lot of trans people are like really really angry because of the transphobia that they've experienced and like one thing I would say is just allow that anger leave space for that anger and understand that that's come from a very real place and it doesn't mean that you can't be part of that movement but you just got to understand that people have some pretty serious experiences and it's legitimate for them to like have a bit of rage about them. Yeah, I guess, I guess it's the whole um, concept of being angry at masculinity and what it has caused and then really thinking that it's like a personal attack on them. They don't have to see it only from this, oh, the feminists are attacking manhood and me in particular. No, they're attacking this toxic concept that is also harming you. And it's beneficial also for you, not just to be like a good person because you want to help others, but I, I think it it would be this kind of like breaking down these gender binaries, as you said, is beneficial really for everyone. You know? Yeah, don't be scared of failing. Like we all fail, we all mess up. Like, like we mess up all the time. Like. And it's just about thinking about it, saying sorry, and moving on. Like, I think one of the biggest things that's holding us back is, like, men being unable to reflect on the things that they've done wrong and unable to be accountable for their actions. Like, lying about things or, like, making it hard for people to seek accountability is one of the biggest things that's holding the feminist movement back at the moment. So just acknowledge, acknowledge when you do shit wrong and then let's deal with it and move on. Say next year... We happen to meet up at not this festival, but at another festival. What do you hope we will be talking about, with, like album-wise, with, with your single just come out, with uh, Survivor? Like, what do you hope that we'll be talking about? Is there a new, new album definitely coming out? Are you going to do a lot more touring? We should have a new record coming out like in the first half of next year. We're recording at the end of this year. Um, 2019 is meant to be a big year for touring for us. Like, we're just kind of working out the ins and outs of that now. So we're hoping we'll be able to go to America. I really want to go to Mexico, like, because we're really good mates with this Mexican man called Joliet. So I'm really hoping if we manage to get to go to the States, we'll then be able to nip down to Mexico and do some stuff with them. Um, would you like South by Southwest? Is that something that interests you? That would be sweet. That would be really cool. Like, the um, fest would also be wicked. Yeah, there's, like, so many places that... I mean, I've never been to America. I don't have a caution on my record anymore as well, so I think I can go. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're all right. That's why I was holding you back. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you. We're coming to literally an hour. We're literally bang on an hour now. So uh, thank you so much for talking to me. And um, 
enjoy the rest of your festival. And, thanks. Uh, thanks for cheers. the Nikki Brown. <laughs> yeah, thanks for uh, really great to Ren and Liapa a Petrol Girls new album should be coming out in early 2019 all music play today can be found on the new Punks and Pubs Spotify playlist if you live in the UK and want to know more about first timers and Girls Rock Camp links to all these organisations are on the podcast website punksandpubs.com and on the socials as well at Punks and Pubs at Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. Go follow. Please tell your friends about the podcast by using the words that come out of your mouth or drop them a text with a link that says, listen to me. Go rate and review on whatever podcast streaming service you use and also just give someone a hug because I feel we all need hugs. Thanks again to Rebellion Festival for putting us up. And again, early bird tickets are available. Go to rebellionfestival.com and uh, go get your tickets. And we will see you there next year, because we will definitely be there. As always, thank you to Stephen Burke for audio assistance. That's it for this week. But before we go, let me tell you about the band that's playing us out this week. They're called Headsparks and they hail from Reading. This track is called Red and Blues, and I think you can download it from their SoundCloud site. That information is also up on the Punks and Pubs social media sites. Anyway, that's it for me. As always, if you go into a punk show and you see someone fall down, you pick them right back up again. If you do have a cold like me, please get better soon. I will be better soon. Until next time, bye-bye. Oh